Yeah, dude. Hello, I'm Johnny Knoxville. Welcome to Jackass. Those are two intros that I absolutely love from two of the coolest people on the planet, Steve-O and Johnny Knoxville, and I hope I've paid homage to them properly there. But I am Dylan Tarl Reeve, this is Straight Out of Cloyne, and this is a Monday edition of Straight Out of Cloyne. Um I obviously mostly upload on Fridays, that's kind of when this show normally comes out, but I have done Monday episodes from time to time. And I'm going to try and do a few more of them because I did ask a question on here before about what days do people like listening to podcasts the most. Like me personally, as I keep burping, I like listening to podcasts kind of towards the end of the week. I don't really listen to them much Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It's more kind of Thursday, Friday, Saturday that I kind of listen to them Um, because, I don't know, I just... I just seem to enjoy them more towards the end of the week. But a few people did respond saying that they quite like having something to look forward to listening to on Monday or Tuesday, you know, when their week is just getting started. And I said, fuck it, look, I've got nothing else to do today. Let's do a podcast about... about Monday things. And, well, not just really a Monday thing, but just about mundane things, let's say. And it was just kind of going back off something that I'm kind of... uh, going through at the moment is starting a new job and I have to say the new job I've started in which I won't say where and obviously like you know what I'm doing because gotta keep some bit of privacy but the new job I've started is really really good it's in a great area in Cork that's about as much as you'll get from me um it's really good pay you know it's, I'm I'm not complaining about the pay some great people there, very relaxed environment, and so far, so good. But it did get me thinking about just some of the jobs I've had over the years and how fucking miserable some of them made me. And, like, even, for example, I was in a fast food restaurant the other day. Quite a popular one. I don't want to say where, just because I don't want to, like, upset anybody, but I was waiting for my food and I just like all I could see behind the counter was just miserable faces just people who are really not enjoying what they're doing for a living and like it's so weird how what you do to like pay the bills can just make you very unhappy in life but I've been there My first ever job, like, proper job, because, like, before I started, like, working, like, fully and, like, more officially, I used to um, clean up in my auntie's hair salon, and I used to get a bit of money, you know, cash in hand, excuse me, uh, which used to get me by for a while, especially when I was in college the first time, you know, when I dropped out. Uh, But my first official job after that was in a supermarket about 15 minutes from where I live. And again, I'm going to try and not like name names of like the companies and stuff. But, (coughs) excuse me, this supermarket is fairly popular around East Cork. A lot of people do their weekly shopping there. And it's one of the more pricey ones, let's just say. That's, yeah, that's, I think, a good way of describing this one is it's quite pricey, but people seem to really like it there. And to be fair, it is a lovely shop, but 
it was not a lovely place to work. <clears throat> because I remember the store manager there, who I'm going to nickname Timmy Smiles. First name Timmy, last name Smiles. He... Like, he was really weird, and he, he did something that I've seen quite a bit in retail, because I've worked in a few shops <clears throat> over the years. My throat is still not even sore. I just keep having to clear it every few seconds. It's weird. But, like, he was somebody who... He was, like, the nicest guy in the world in the interview. Re like, I mean, like, ridiculously nice. The first, kind of, three or four weeks, he was very... very yeah, he was quite friendly, like, pleasant... You know, really wanted to make you feel like you were part of the team, that you were part of the the family, which is a term I really don't like using to describe working in a shop, but you know what I mean. And then, after a while, you just kind of became part of the furniture. And I don't mean that in a good way, like you were just kind of, you were just another employee. And he had no problem just belittling you in front of customers. So, like, in this shop, one of the jobs I had for a while was I would do the online shopping for people. So I would actually go around and have people's shopping lists from, you know, from what they ordered online. And I would put the items into the into the um, cart and I would put them in the storage room with the labels on them so that the delivery driver knew where he was going, who he was delivering it to and made sure everything was there. And I remember one time I was uh, down uh, looking for some uh, shower gel. And obviously my attention here is on the shower gel. And like, you know, to make sure I got the specific brand that the person asked for. Or alternatively, got a brand that was the same price, like roughly. Or maybe a little bit cheaper. In case the other one wasn't there and it's like put in as a replacement. And as I'm doing this, Timmy Smiles comes over to me and says, Dylan, would you not think of picking up the toothpaste there underneath the, the, not the shelf, but you know, underneath the, where the things were stacked. Now, when I say this thing was like hidden, I mean, like you could barely see it. Like you really had, you must have been looking for something else that was down there for, uh, for you to see it. I, I mean, it was ridiculous. And I said, oh, sorry, Timmy, I, I didn't even see that. And he was like, yeah, that's the worrying part. And there was like three or four customers in the same section I was in. And I was just there like, well, that's one way to make me feel like a piece of shit in front of the customers here. And what I don't get about that is, like, people could look at that and go, jeez, he must be a fucking asshole to work for. And don't get me wrong, people have bad days. And at this stage, I hadn't had too many run-ins with Timmy. But... It was just... I still thought it was kind of shitty. I was like, Jesus Christ, alright, I didn't fucking see it, like. It's not the end of the fucking world. Like, it's not gonna, like... The shop's not gonna close down tomorrow over one tube of toothpaste being underneath where the things were stacked. Like, it's... I, I just didn't get it, like. It was underneath the aisle, I suppose. I just didn't get, like, why he got so angry about it. Like, it wasn't... It wasn't, for me, it wasn't, like, an, an error to get overly angry, angry about. And, like, it was not too long after this that, like, things with him just became, like, every little thing became an issue. For example, in that shop, you weren't allowed to have a beard. You had to be clean-shaven all the time. 
And what used to really fucking get on my tits about this was that you could have the tiniest little hair on your chinny chin chin. And Timmy was there. I, I just... I've never seen someone get so angry over facial hair. And I didn't get it. I was kind of like, I, I just don't understand why having a beard is a problem. I can somewhat understand it in, if you're working in the deli or if you're working in the butchers. Because like you don't have to like try and minimise hair getting into the food. But like, at the same time, I don't really get it because beard hairs tend not to fall out. <laughs> And, you know, your actual hair on your head, like, you'll wear a hat or a hairnet or whatever, so, like, I just don't really get it. And there was one day, it just got to me, because there was this other guy in the shop who I'm going to call Jim. And he'd been there for, like, he's still there. He'd been there for, like, 20, 25 years or whatever it was. He was there a very long time. And, like, you know, this was five years ago, and as far as I know, he's still there now. Unless, is he? Is Jim still there? I actually don't know, but he might be. He, as, the last time I heard, he was still there. Um, but he had a goatee. And I was just like, why is it okay for one person here to have facial hair, but nobody else is allowed? And it's not really ever been explained as to why it's not allowed. And it's just like, like in retail, lads, you're on the fucking, the like, the most basic fucking wage. You're on the most minimum of minimum wages. You're dealing with all the fucking public's issues. Like, there are people out there who'd live just to com- go into a shop and complain. Like, I remember a woman came in before and was down by the fruit and veg section. And she was like, Oh, God, lads, all your stuff is out of date. This thing here is, is about nine days out of date. And let's just say it was like the 15th or whatever. Um, that that all this stuff was dated, and I was like, "Wait, what?" And I, I, obviously, I didn't believe her, and I went down and I had a look at it, and I went, "What date is today?" And she's like, "I, I'm, I'm sure today is, is um, whatever fucking date she thought it was." And then it turned out it was like the seventh of July, we'll say, for example. Said, oh, oh, Jesus! Oh, sorry. I just, I was only saying it so that you didn't get in trouble. I was like, "No, you fucking weren't." That's not why you were doing that. You were doing it because you just wanted to fucking complain. And she was kind of half hoping that they would all be out of date so she could go home and, and gossip to Elizabeth and say, Lizzie, Jesus, I was in the shop there and everything was out of date. I went up to the manager and I fucked him out of it because I'm a fucking great person and everyone should just drink milk from my tits. That was a very weird place for my mind to go. But anyway, uh, I don't swing that old. Just so people know that. Um, but, you know, it was just like, you know, you're just dealing with all this shit. And the point I'm getting to is I don't get why having a beard annoyed Timmy so much. I really don't. It just made no sense. He's, I don't know, he's just a miserable fucking man. He really fucking is. And, like, his kids worked there as well. And they were, like, two of the nicest people you'd ever meet. Don't actually know who his wife is, but I haven't heard great things. And... I really hope that he can lighten up a bit. Like, having said that, the owner of this shop was a fucking gentleman. I'll give his real first name. His real first name is John. Um, but, like, the like the owner was the nicest guy in the world. But the, the store manager, absolute fucking asshole. And, like, you know, retail is weird. Because, like, you know, like, 
I've gone into that shop since as a customer and it was funny actually I, I had a, an experience uh, the week after I left I was going to a wrestling show the next day so I was going into um I actually don't know why I brought that up I just had to bring wrestling up I felt like I had a reason why of why of why I brought that up but maybe I didn't never mind <laughs> but uh I was going in there to do something and Oh, there was, yeah, there was a printer in there. That's why I was going in there. There was a printer, and I was going to print off the tickets. I had them on my phone, but I was just worried something was going to happen to the phone, so it was just a backup to have the tickets, like, physically. And I went in there to use the printer, and one of the shop managers came up to me, who was really, really nice. Let's call him Bart. I don't know, let's just call him, let's call him Bart. <laughs> and Bart came up to me and was like, oh, How's it going, Dylan? Oh, you're off today, are you? Because I'd started a new job at this stage, and I was like, oh yeah, uh, off now, so, yeah. And he was like, okay, well, when you come in now, uh, next, or tomorrow, whenever, make sure the, the beard now is, because my beard had kind of grown back at this stage. Uh, or, you know, not grown back, but, like, it it was noticeable that hair was, it was growing back, I should say. He was like, make sure now that you, um, and he was like, like, you know, mimicking shaving, and I went... Jesus, Bart, are the, are the customers not allowed to have beards now either? And he was like, you do still work here, don't you? I went, Bart, no, I left like a week ago. He was like, fucking hell, boy, they tell me nothing in here. And this is like one of the top managers in there. And he hadn't even been told. He, but I remember he told me a few months later that he never got told about people leaving. He'd always discover people left when maybe they'd come back into the shop just to, you know, buy something. Which was kind of... It was just fucking hilarious, to be honest. And I just don't... Yeah, I, I don't understand why a job that on paper should be so straightforward and so simple can be so stressful and just make people miserable. Like, I used to dread going in there all the time. All the time. And sometimes in there, admittedly, with customers, especially towards the end, I would really lose my cool. Because it would just get, like, too much. And while I was working here, not to make things dark, but, like, my granddad died while I was working in this shop. And obviously I had a week off after granddad died. And I remember going back and just being like, what am I even doing here? Like, like I'm miserable here. And it kind of took that to make me realise how miserable I was. But speaking of being miserable, the next job I had, I worked in a factory in the same town for about seven months and fucking hell like it was cr it's crazy to look back now because essentially i was bullied there was a supervisor in there called paul who is not from ireland let's just say he was from another country which i would like to clarify i have no issue with it's a country where i'll just say it, he was from poland <laughs> and i absolutely love poland i have so many friends from there obviously there's a huge polish population here in ireland and just to clarify here, I have no issue with Poland or anybody from there. Well, I mean, apart from this guy. But, you know, I, if you're from Poland, I'm not going to have an issue with you as long as you're nice. That's essentially what I'm saying. I don't care where anybody's from as long as you're nice. But this guy, Paul, was such a fucking snake. The fucking tattletales he used to fucking... Or the tales he would tattle, if that makes sense. The tales he would tell were just, like, it was, all he was looking for was someone to bully. And it took me such a long time to realise that. And the sad thing is, this factory 
for where it's based, pretty fucking good pay. Very good hours. You know, you, you can rotate your shift so, like, you work evenings and nights, so then you get paid more for that. It was, like, honestly, it was great. Perfect location. Great wage for where it was. Not bad hours. Weekends off. What more could you ask for? The job itself physically was fine, but you just have these fucking knob jockeys running it. Like, Paul, who was in charge of the section, would come over and ask me where things were. Because he didn't know, because he worked in a different section, but he just took on the role of another section because it probably meant more money. I get that, like, don't get me wrong, but at least fucking try and learn about the fucking section before you take over. Or, you know, as you've taken over. Like, it's fucking ridiculous. He just, um... Yeah, he, he would just, like... I remember one time... Like, this will just put into perspective what a fucking asshole he was. So we had t-shirts that we had to wear, like, you know... What, what nickname can I give the company? I'm going to call the company... Blank... Blankamet. Blankamet, that's what I'm going to call it. We'd have Blankamet t-shirts... And one time I was coming out of uh, the blast cab where I was working and my t-shirt got caught and it actually ripped because the fabric was just shite. And I was there like, well, fuck. Fuck my life. My t-shirt has just ripped. Totally accidental. Just one of these things that happens. And I was like, bollocks. So I went up to a guy called Chris, who was one of the line managers. And I was like, hi, Chris. Bit of a dilemma here. My t-shirt's after ripping. I don't have a spare one with me, like a spare Blankamet one. Is there any ones in the office? Or in the factory, I should say. And he kind of laughed because he thought it was funny. And he was like, oh, Jesus. And he was like, there's actually not. But uh, he was like, did you do? Did you bring a change of clothes? I always brought a change of clothes with me. Because I just hated staying in the fucking uniform for too long. Because it would be sweaty and smelly and whatnot. And I was like, I actually do. I But it's only a normal t-shirt. And he was like, oh, that's fine. He was like, look, it's Friday. There's only like three hours left. Fuck it, throw it on. It's fine. Like, I'll, I'll let people know. Don't worry about it. And I was like, fine. Went up. Took off the ripped t-shirt. Put on my Seth Rollins burn it down t-shirt. Uh, came down and started working. And Paul sees that I'm wearing a different t-shirt. And he comes in and he's like, Dylan, uh, well, what happened with your t-shirt? And I was like... Oh, the, my t-shirt ripped when I was coming out of the blast cab. And I was laughing, going fucking typical, like... And I was like, oh, I went up to Chris to see that they have any spare t-shirts, but they didn't, so he just said to put on a normal one. And he's like, oh, okay, okay, that's fine. And what did Paul do? Paul went to a different manager, said Dylan didn't wear his t-shirt today, because some people would wear jumpers in there, because sometimes the factory would be cold. So, like, you sometimes you just wouldn't see if someone was wearing a t-shirt or not, which kind of made the t-shirts pointless, but whatever. And he went over and said to a different manager, I don't even know, I can't even make up a fake name for the manager because I don't know who it was. Um, but thankfully, Kieran, who was, I will use his real name, who was also working in the section, he was there when Pavel, I've just said his real name, it's Pavel, it's not Paul, it's fucking Pavel. I don't even care at this stage. Pavel, you're a fucking dickhead. So if you don't like this, go fuck yourself. Pavel, not Paul, uh, went in, <coughs> excuse me, and I always do that. I give people code names and I end up just fucking saying their real name. Fuck it. Anyway, Pavel. Pa- listen, Pavel's a generic fucking Polish name. It'll take a while for people to work out who that is. He went and said to one of the managers, um, Dylan doesn't have his nor- or his work t-shirt. He's wearing a normal one. Oh, that's not allowed. And only for Kieran being there saying, Dylan already fucking told Chris. And Chris already said it was okay. So what, what are you doing? 
And then Kieran came down and told me, and I fucking lost the plot with Pavel. Now that might sound that might sound like an isolated in an isolated incident as like not a big deal, but these were like Pavel would go out of his fucking way to cause shit, and it was annoying because there was another guy in there, Peter, who would do nothing but make mistakes, and he never said a fucking word to him, and a lot of it was down to the fact that, and this is this is just me being honest. It was literally like a war between Poland and Ireland in that factory. But it wasn't like everyone from Poland that was doing it. But there was this weird mentality of us against them. And none of us wanted that. Like, none of the Irish lads wanted it. Not every Polish lad wanted it. But there was a select few Polish lads who just loved this kind of idea that, you know... There was, like, this kind of battle between us. It's like, no, lads, we all work in the same fucking factory. At the end of the day, we're all go here for the same reason. Money. So, like, there is no need to be fucking starting these stupid fucking civil wars all over nothing. And eventually with this job, Pavel kind of fucked off for a bit and kind of left me alone. Because I called a meeting one day because I'm someone who, like, I can count on one hand the amount of panic attacks I've had in my life. Like, literally, I'd say I've had five. And one of them was over this job because I remember one day being like just riddled with fear going in because of what Pavel or Paul, <laughs> what he was going to do next or like what he was going to try and fucking accuse me of next time or, you know, like, listen, I'm no, I'm, I'm not perfect. Like I made mistakes in there, especially very early on, because that's what happens when you start a new job. You make mistakes, you learn from them and then you don't do the mistakes anymore. And even when you're there for a while, sometimes you'll make a mistake. Like it's just life. People make mistakes. But he... I remember one time there was you had to get certified on every machine and there was one machine where I made I made a very small error which was I forgot to calibrate the machine which was like to make sure everything was like efficient before you started working and Pavel told me oh um you failed that that means no you can't get certified in this for 12 months and I was only told when I left that he was lying about that which was like I still, like, I can't... One, I can't believe I actually fucking believed him. And secondly, I can't believe that he actually fucking... Like, like, what reason did he have to make that up? Like, that's what I don't get, is like, why make something like that up? Not even gonna lie. Um, Between the last sentence you just heard and this one, this is like a totally different time I'm recording because I could hear someone walking down the uh, to my room. And I had to stop. But I did just listen back to see where I was. But yeah, I, d I didn't understand why Pavel had to lie about this. Um, I, it just seemed like someone going on a power trip. And it's something I've never understood. Like, power trips. They just seem to be from people who, like, also got, you know... A, when I say abused, I don't mean, like, you know, attacked or anything. But, like, they seem to have been, you know, under the authority of someone who also loved... A, p a power trip, you know? And, yeah, like, with this job, unfortunately, <laughs> um, it was going well for a while. Uh, I actually called a meeting with Pavel in front of the other managers and let out all my frustration at him. And uh, he backed off for a good bit. Like, I would very rarely hear from him during the day. He'd kind of come over and just see, like, oh, like, how are you? Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, that was kind of it. And then it was weird how it actually happened. I took a week off. <coughs> excuse me. Um, back in like... So this was in 2018. I think it was like early August maybe. 
actually it was mid-August because the Premier League season was just about to start. I remember I took a week off and when I came back, Pavel was off the week I came back. So I didn't see him for two weeks and didn't really you know, think much of it. But it was like as soon as he came back, he just went back to his old ways. And I was told by one of the managers that I was uh, getting a new contract the following week. And that I would be made permanent if I saw, saw out this new contract. So I was buzzing. I was like, fucking grand. Like, And they were like, oh, that means you'll get an increase in your pay. You know, you can get more holiday days. And I was like, fucking Jesus, nice one. Like, And then literally seven days later, I was brought into the office expecting to get this great news about being given a new contract and being six, seven months away from being made permanent. And I was told the complete opposite, that I was being let go because production was down and that was just the way it was. I remember Pavel instantly going like, oh, oh, oh Dylan, I-, I knew nothing, I knew nothing. And like, that's a terrible Polish accent. <laughs> but I was just like, yes, you fucking did, you asshole. You fucking did know. And this is all down to you and your fucking lies and your snitching and your fucking stupid bald fucking head. No offence to any bald people out there. I'm pretty much bald at the, at the moment. But anyway, you know what I mean. Um, Yeah, it was just, it was a really, really low time. It's the one and only time I've ever been let go from a job. It fucking sucked. Obviously, then I was worried, like, where the fuck is my next paycheck coming from? Like, is this going to affect me getting jobs down the line? To be honest with you, it didn't. <laughs> if I'm being totally honest, it really didn't affect any jobs down the line. It was like fucking, it was grand. Um, weirdly enough, I have a reference from that job. Um, two references actually, which is fucking ideal. Uh, because everyone knew what the crack was. Everyone knew I'd been fucked over. Everyone knew I'd been fucked around with. And everyone knew I'd been bullied. And yeah, like it was, but like, you know, it was a learning experience. It was like, I realized I, you know, in every job afterwards, I had to stand up for myself a lot sooner. That this was something that I couldn't allow to happen again. You know, I couldn't allow myself to be bullied by somebody who obviously because of this thought, oh, I'm getting my way with this fella. And then, you know, all of a sudden I start sticking up for myself and it's like, oh, well, I, I don't like that I'm not getting my way anymore. And, that, you know, that that was a learning experience. And, and this is one thing I've always tried to kind of take in life is that, you know, ev- every day is a school day. Um, I... How do I say this? When it comes to, like, learning about life experiences and, ex- and you're experiencing these difficult situations, it's, it's always like, okay, it was really shit when it happened, but, like, how can I stop this from happening again? How can I learn from this? How can I make sure I get better from this? And that's how I always try and look back on that job. It's funny, like, because the job I'm in now, I'm actually, the person who referred me on was a girl whose uncle worked in that factory, and she worked in that factory for a bit as well. Um, and it was lovely. She actually said to me, oh, I saw your name. I recognize it. And I was like, oh, yeah, he's he's a good one. And that meant a lot. It was like, Jesus, I did actually have a positive impact on someone there. And yeah, I suppose like I mean, this episode, I'm not using anywhere near as much comedy as I normally do. But like, I, yeah, I, I know there's other people out there who are probably going through something where they're in a job where like they might be feel like they're being bullied or they're not being appreciated and they're miserable. And there's always a way out like, and even if a job ends on bad terms, it's not the end of the world. It's really not, like, and all you have to do is learn from it, like. 
You know, that's that's the main thing. Like as long as you learn, like John Kavanagh says it. You, you know, you either win or you learn. And I've had to, I've had to learn a lot. <laughs> I've made so many mistakes in my life, lads. I mean, like I've made some really fucking just stupid mistakes. It's all part of growing up. But that's the key words. The key words in that sentence is growing up. Like, I mean, when I was 19 or 20, I was very immature. Very. This is kind of going away from the job thing, but like I was very immature. And I I kind of thought I knew it all or that I knew more than I thought. You know, I, I thought I knew more than I actually did. And it's only now I look back and I go, fuck me, I was really immature back then. And I, you know, it's, it's weird because I see that with a lot of people now who are 18, 19, 20, even 21. And it's like, God, I remember being that age and thinking... Ah, uh, yeah, like I've got all my shit figured out, or you know, I I know what life's all about. Really, you don't. Even now at twenty four, I I don't. Like I still haven't experienced everything, but I've experienced a lot more. And yeah, that was how that ended. Then is when I moved on to door to door sales. Oh lads, what a fucking roller coaster! I remember on the original Straight Outta Klein, I was going to do a door to door sales episode. But when I was doing door-to-door sales, I was in a very, very bad... Not bad. Well, it was kind of bad. A very strange period in my life where I didn't really feel like that I belonged anywhere. And that's, like, a really weird thing to say. But, like, the only setting I ever felt comfortable in was was a wrestling setting. And, like, I know people say, oh, you bring everything back to wrestling, blah, blah, blah. But, like, lads, wrestling especially at this point in my life it saved me an awful lot and I always say I feel sorry for people who aren't passionate about something and the reason I say that is because the only reason I got through 2019 was because of wrestling and especially the guys over at WrestleTalk like they got me through an awful lot and they were like some of my closest friends at, at that stage unfortunately I don't hear from them as much now but back then I used to hear from them quite a bit and um, I was at a stage uh, here where I was like, I was in this very toxic group. I've kind of spoke about this loads and loads and I don't want to bore people. But door to door sales was what I was doing at this stage. Apart from like one brief period where I worked in a, in a garage, which fucking hell was another disaster in itself. But the only reason I'm not going to go into that too much is because a family friend owned that garage and don't really want to upset anybody. Especially because that family friend is my best friend's uncle and I don't want to disrespect my best friend or his uncle or his line of work. It just personally wasn't for me. <laughs> but door-to-door sales I will shit on. And But yeah, when I originally went to do the door-to-door sales episode, I was in a very... I, I was like, I felt like I was reliving a lot of traumatic memories and I just, I couldn't do it. I just could not bring myself to do it. And yeah, it was... Uh, it was strange. It was strange. I'm sorry, I've just ripped my fucking jeans. Ah, oh, fuck. Well, it was already kind of ripped. It's not even, like, in a bad place. It's, like, just down below the knee. That's fucking annoying. Sorry, that was distracting me there for a second. Um, what was I just saying? Oh, yeah, but door-to-door sales. I will tell you this. Never fucking do door-to-door sales, right? I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I experienced it. But... I would never recommend anybody do it. Shit hours. Shit money. Yeah, you can climb up the ladder, but it's a bit of a pyramid scheme. 
and you only really climb up the ladder when people leave. You get to meet some very interesting people, I will say that, but you also meet some very fucking shitty people. Not just, like, customers or, like, you know, people who you're, you know, not just the ones who you're calling to the door of, but people who you work, you work with. You know, these people are, you know, there was this guy, right? And I, I'm, you know, I'm not going to give people code names anymore. As long as I, like, only, I'm sorry, I'm taking off my jacket. I'm fucking roasting it here. I was trying to do it subtly, but it's, like, impossible to do it. Um, I was working with this guy called Liam. And I'm not going to mention which company it was for. I'll just say it was for an electricity company. Because um, I worked for a couple of different uh, companies. Door to door. Charities. And electricity companies. And I feel like there was something else. No I think actually yeah, it was just charities and door to- and um, electricity companies. But there was this guy Liam. Who I worked with for one company. Um, electricity company for door to door. And the man doesn't know how to take a day off. I'm convinced Liam is a robot created by this company. And it's just like, I don't know, it's to try and keep everybody in line. But like, for example, like we would work from like 12 to 9, Monday to Friday, um, for door to door. Well, I say 12, really it was like 10. But like you went knocking doors from 12 to 9 or 8 or whatever it was. And before then you'd be like doing pitch practice and all this stupid shit. But like we were, um, we were, I was talking to him before and he was saying that like he goes out on Saturdays from 12 to like 7 because you can't knock doors after 7 on a Saturday just working. And that his only day off is Sunday and that he said if he could work Sundays he would. And he was like oh but like I get, I get paid well for it and I'm like yeah but you have no time to do anything with that money like. By the time you will have time to do stuff with that money. You'll probably be fucking retired, like, and like, great, like, you'll have a good retirement, but like, do you not want to enjoy your life while you're somewhat young? Because Liam, he's not an old fella, he's like, in his 40s at the oldest. As far as I know, he's single, so like, ladies, hit him up, I'm joking. But, um, or, or fellas, he might swing that way, I don't know. But, you know, it was it's one of these things where it's like, okay, grand, you're making a lot of money, and some of these fellas are making good money, but like, you're not you just have no time to do anything with it like there's an old saying live or don't live to work work to live and I I don't like you know there are some people who are workaholics I think it's different if you're doing something that you're passionate about something that you absolutely love and like you know it's keeping you happy it's keeping your mind busy and, and whatnot. great but if you're just doing something simply for the money, there's no passion in it, there's no there's no desire, it's purely based off of like, I just want to make loads of money. I don't really see the point if you have no time to do anything with that money. And like, I'm not trying to sound bad here, but I've seen some of the pay slips from people in door to door who are like on a lot of commission. There's a lot of tax. Like, I don't think it's worth it. I really don't. There was like some positions that technically paid a little bit more than others, but like it, I, I, I didn't think it was worth it. But oh my god, lads! I just sales in general is just so fucking difficult. I'm so glad that I'm not in that world anymore. I'm re, I'm really, I'm really happy I'm not in that world anymore. I don't miss it. I really don't. 
having said that, I do look back now and go, do you know what? It was a fucking balls at the time. It really was. But Jesus Christ, door to door sales. I have I have some funny memories from it. And I got to meet some very interesting people and I got to learn a lot. So I think there's even from bad experiences, there's always positives you can take. You know what I mean? Like that's just that's just life. You know, the journalism course I dropped out of in 2017. Personally, it just wasn't for me, that course. But I have no regrets. I have some very good memories from that course. And without that, I probably never would have done the acting course. Like, things happen for a reason. I think most of the time, at least. Um, I don't know if everything happens for a reason, but I think a lot of things happen for a reason. And I I, I think door-to-door happened for a reason. I really do. I, I do think door-to-door sales happened to me for a reason. It led to an unbelievable job. Like, literally, I knocked on a fellow's door when I was working for a charity, and he was like, there's nothing you can say to me now that's going to make me want to sign up, but I have an offer for you. And I was, like, desperate to leave door-to-door at this stage. Like, this was December 2019, and I knew... Or no, it was November 2019, but I knew I was going to be gone for the new year. And I was like, oh, yeah? And he was like... I work for a sales company, um, office job, 8, 8 to 5, Monday to Friday. And we're actually looking for people at the moment. And I'll get a bonus if you uh, join us. And I went, all right, I'm listening. I took his card. And I was like, not his bank card, obviously. He gave me a card for Oxford. And I went, so like, what do I do? He was like, just send me on your CV. My email's there. And uh, I'll get back to you. So I sent him the CV. In fairness to him, he was like, Good CV, but bulk it up a bit. He was like, just fucking brag. Just brag about your sales career. And he probably shouldn't be saying this, but I'll say it. He was like, fucking lie. Just lie a little bit. Like, not like, you know, not anything major like, I've, I'm I'm a five-time sales world heavyweight champion. As if that exists. But he was like, just kind of bulk it up a bit. Just, just really fucking sell yourself. Like, you know, like you're trying to sell this product. And I was like, okay. And literally two days later, got a call, was told, yeah, um, 27th of January 2020. I remember because it was the same day that Edge returned to WWE. Well, you know, it was the 26th over there in America, but it was the 27th here. I started with this company and oh my God, lads, this company. I I don't really want to mention names of companies here, but this sales company, this office job, it was really like one of the most happiest fucking times of my life working for this company and I stayed there for a year so obviously I was there throughout the pandemic which working from home was so fucking weird I'll be honest with you it kind of got shit towards the end at first it was kind of like this is a real novelty like this is really I'm doing everything that I would do in the office except I'm in my bedroom and like on my lunch break, I can play PlayStation. I can watch YouTube videos. I don't have to interact with people. Like, you know, I don't have to have small talk with people that I don't... Not that I don't like, but that I don't really know. It's like, this is fucking grand. And this was a great company, but... Oh, God, working from home after a while did kind of get to me. And I remember about halfway through the pandemic... Uh, well, halfway through 2020, I should say... We a select few of us were allowed to go into the office and it was dead in there and I didn't like it it was really eerie it was really really eerie I really really didn't like it it was so strange but um oh god just such great memories just great memories working in that office and there's a little spider in my room but he's really small but he was big enough for me to notice him
that gave me a fright. I'm not going to lie. Uh, yeah. Where was I? Oh, yeah. Well, working from home. Like, I, it's weird because, like, a lot of companies now are saying, oh, you ha- always have the option to work from home if you if you want to now. And, like, even the new company I'm with now, they're like, after six months, you can apply to work from home. And I'm like, I don't think I could. I think there was, after a while, there was too many distractions because, like, we were all fucking stuck inside with nothing to do anyway. And then I think when you were stuck inside, like, having to work, especially towards the end of the uh, end of the year and the winter months where, like, you weren't really seeing any bit of daylight because if you finished at five, it was fucking dark by five. So it was like, it was dark when you woke up to start work. It would be bright outside while you were working and then it would be dark again by the time work was over. So, like, that was a bit depressing and... My role in this company was I was an account manager and that was a, that could get stressful. That could get very stressful and just a lot of things weren't working out and I ended up leaving. But I remember ringing my manager the Monday to hand him my notice. I, I kind of gave him a heads up that I needed to talk to him. And I think he knew what was coming. But I remember I'd never... Every other job I had left on my own terms, I was delighted I like wasn't one. I remember leaving my last door to door sales company and people were like, oh, Dylan, like we're really going to miss you. And I was like, bye bye, motherfuckers. <laughs> I'm not going to miss this place. Like I never, ever once looked back on a job and went, you know what? I'm really going to miss everybody here. <laughs> I was like, nope, I am not going to miss you at all. Fuck you. Uh, no offense to anybody I have worked with. Uh, it wasn't you. It was just the company. Um, but this was the one time I was like, just gutted leaving a job and I only left because uh, you know the account management thing was getting kind of stressful and I had a job that was a little bit more nearby and a little bit more down the route of electricity companies which I had experience with and I just went yeah look fuck it I have an offer here you know I have two weeks training before Christmas and then I have Christmas off and yeah this is so fucking handy and I did that, but I remember saying to my manager, uh, Rich, that's, you know, that's the nickname I'll give him to try and work out what his real name is. <laughs> I just remember saying to him, Rich, like, I, I've never been this sad leaving a job. I was like, I'm, I'm gutted doing this. And it was sad, but it was also nice to be going, wow, I'm actually leaving a company on good terms. What the fuck? Weirdly enough, I work, like, right alongside this company now, which is really, really weird. Um, But, yeah. Yeah, like, jobs are just fucking weird, lads. They really are. And I really hope I haven't bored people with this. This has been a more deep episode than I was expecting. Oh, I just farted. Had to fucking get some bit of comedy in there. Um, That's another thing. People have asked me, like, what category is this podcast? Like, what category does this fall into? Because there's a bit of... You know, there's a bit of comedy, there's a bit of sport, there's a bit of performance art kind of, you know, elements to it. Sports entertainment when it comes to wrestling. I think this is an, yeah, I think I would put this under the category of entertainment. Because we do all sorts of things. Like, I would never ever label myself as a comedian. Even though I do try to do a lot of comedy on here. Because... I think when people think comedian, they think stand-up comedian. And, like, stand-up comedy is something I really like watching. I love watching. I love a good stand-up comic. Like, I love Lee Evans. I love Michael McIntyre. Um, I really like Kevin Hart stuff. Even Joe Rogan's stand-up comedy is good. Steve-O's com- uh, stand-up comedy is fantastic. 
I feel like I'm forgetting somebody really obvious. Uh, Tommy Tiernan, I think, is really funny. Kevin Bridges. Like, there's loads. Daryl O'Brien. There's loads of stand-up comedians that I absolutely, like, adore. But it's not really something I... My comedy is more, like, on here or, like, on like in sketches on TikTok and stuff. Those are kind of, like, that's the comedy I kind of go for. This is, like, totally separate to the jobs thing. This is just something I was asked recently. Because even when I was looking at the categories of what to make this podcast, I was like, this, like if, if, if I had to put it into one category, it would be entertainment. I don't really think I want to put it just under sport or just under under comedy or just under performance arts. Like, it's entertainment. People, as long as people are entertained, that's all I care about. And I hope, I hope people are entertained. I really hope they are. But, uh, yeah, that's enough about that little crisis I'm having there. Um, yeah, like, I, uh, I have had so many fucking jobs, lads. That's kind of the point of this. I have had so many jobs. But the one thing I've realized with these jobs and the amount of jobs I've had is that a job is not worth your happiness, no matter what you're being paid. Like, to go back to that garage I was on about that I worked in before, as far as, like, weekly pay goes, that's probably the best job I ever had, like, you know, financially. But I was miserable down there. I just was. Like, I didn't really want to go there. It was like people in my family wanted me to go there. There was family friends who wanted me to go there. And pretty much I didn't really have a say in the matter. And this is what led to like some things, you know, some issues of me feel- feeling like I wasn't being treated like an adult and whatnot. I was 21 at the time, like. um, And I just felt like there was still people trying to make decisions for me like I was a child. But that's a story for another time. Um, Like... Even though financially I was, like, doing, like, really well, I wasn't happy. And it was funny because we were having this meeting in my new job and people were, you know, our trainer was, like, she was saying to to us that, like, you know, so many people out there are just, like, they're dreading every morning going in. And, like, I've been there. Like, I'm, you know, that last job I spoke about there before um, or after the, the office job that I got from the guy where I was doing door to door after we came back from Christmas like literally like two weeks later we had, I had to go on the PUP um, payments because COVID just hit and we, they weren't able to train us that was like one of the best things that ever happened to me because I think I realised like ugh, like yeah like working's great because you know you get money for it but like I just feel like I could do so much more than this I just feel like Obviously, I was doing Phoenix Wrestling and stuff, but I just felt like I, I really, you know, I, I'd i been working kind of non-stop at that stage between door-to-door sales and then the, you know, over-the-phone sales and now, like, being on a collect... Like, that last job, I was on a collections team for, like, people who were in debt with their electricity. And imagine, lads, imagine ringing someone just before Christmas saying, you have an overdue bill here of thousands upon thousands of euro. Are you going to pay it? And people like crying because they've lost their job over COVID. They've got like three or four kids at home. They can't afford to pay the bills. And like trying to say it from like, if you don't have this paid, your electricity is going to be cut off. Not for Christmas. We can't do that at Christmas, but in the new year. Like it's just, I couldn't do it. Like, and this was, I was riddled with, you know, fear going in the next day. Not because like anybody in the job was bad, but because like I just didn't, I was essentially a debt collector. I fucking and I don't I I hated it, and that's why going on the 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 pup it just really put things into perspective, 
Um, so like, yeah, I suppose the moral of this story is, lads, if you are in a position where you are not happy, if you are working, you know, if you are living to work, or not even just living to work, but like, if you are in a job that you are absolutely miserable in, go on, go on fucking stress leave for a bit. They're not going to fucking question you. They legally can't question you. Get a doctor's note. Go on fucking stress leave for a bit and just try. Just like, lads, there are jobs out there. There are loads of jobs out there. And listen, you might apply for 35 jobs and maybe 25 of them might say no. But still, there'll be a good few that say yes. And, you know, I've like been in stages where I've hopped from one job to another. Like there's literally so many jobs there I didn't even mention. Because there was one ones where I was there for like one week, two weeks. And I was just like, I was just like hopping along. <laughs> you know, I was just... I was doing door to door within jobs. I was just jumping from one door to another. Um, and it was like, it was a mental time, but I don't regret it. Cause it was like, I wasn't happy. And I was like, eh, I'm not going to get any happier here. Like this is, this is like a good paycheck is not worth your happiness. It's really not. Even if you have to struggle for a little bit financially, you should always look for something that's really going to make you happy. You just should. And that. That's something you always need to keep in mind. Lads, I'm going to stop talking about this now because this has gotten fucking so deep. I did not expect this to get this deep. I really didn't. I really, really didn't. Um, I'm going to go watch a Jackass movie because I love Jackass and I can't stop watching Jackass at the moment. Johnny Knoxville and Steve-O in particular are just fucking absolutely legends. You know, um, and yeah, that's what I'm going to do. What I'm going to do right now is I'm going to leave you with a wrestling promo once again. But I want people out there to remember this more than anything when they stop listening to this podcast. If you are in a situation of work where you're not happy and it's due to the fact that someone in that job is making you unhappy and they're treating you like shit fucking call it out that's one if there's one mistake from this that you should learn from the mistakes i made it's to fucking speak up because i did not fucking speak up for a very long time and it really really cost me in the end so that's one thing i really really want to stress and i had to say that before i get out I, i get out of here if you are in a situation where you are being bullied in the workplace do not be afraid to turn to somebody, even within that workplace. Because if, if someone's picking on you and making you feel like shit when you go into work, you're not the problem. They are. So just remember that. Now I'm going to leave you with this great wrestling promo from a man who had no problem sticking it to his boss. And that is... Stone Cold Steve Austin. What? I say that Stone Cold Steve Austin. If you're going to stick up for yourself in the workplace, give me a hell yeah.
What? 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 Y2J is the undisputed champion. Y2J was declared the winner at Vengeance. Vince McMahon and Booker T screw Stone Cold. Vince and Booker T screw Stone Cold. I said Vince McMahon and Booker T screw Stone Cold. After last night, I sat there and I thought about it and I said, Stone Cold, there's no use in sitting here crying, whining, pissing, moaning. So I asked myself, I said, Stone Cold, do you want Y2J? Or do you want Booker T? So while I was trying to make that decision, I drove over to the Sonic Drive-In, ordered a jalapeno burger, a chicken fried steak sandwich, a chili cheese dog with extra onions, french fries, tater tots, washed it down with one beer, two beers, three beers, a shot of whiskey, a margarita, and a Bloody Mary. And I said, Stone Cold, why have one when you can have them both? What? Booker T, you show up tonight with Vince McMahon and you got your security guards. You got your guard dogs. You got your pepper spray. So you can sit up there in your stupid little skybox and you can watch Stone Cold Steve Austin kick the crap out of Y2J in a steel cage. Y2J, you said, you're calling Stone Cold Steve Austin a little trooper? Tonight Stone Cold Steve Austin ain't gonna be no little trooper. And since we're right here in Anaheim, California, Hollywood is right down the road. So tonight, Chris Jericho, Stone Cold Steve Austin is gonna make you a star. No, he's going to make you a superstar. No, just like you said, he's going to make you a super duper star. Because you're going to get the starring role in the movie I'm directing. And the name of that movie is, my name is Chris Jericho, and I'm getting my ass whipped in a steel cage. And when it's all said and done, Chris Jericho, Stone Cold Steve Austin is going to take his undisputed championships and walk out of this ring and that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so.